I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Pruitt, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And today we're talking to Anne Toomey and Nicole Caputo, the founders of She Designs Books. Oh man, Anne and Nicole were such a delight to talk to. Yes, and uh, their Instagram account and their organization, She Designs Books, is such an amazing find that I'm so glad they started, and it's their one-year anniversary this month. Yes, so happy birthday to them. Yeah, I think we found it around a year ago, and it really has been a great resource for us just to learn more about the amazing women behind so many of the beautiful book covers we've seen in the last year. Exactly. And, you know, we talked to a lot of authors about their book covers. Like We've talked about Lucy Tan's book cover and Crystal Hannah Kim's cover. And so we were looking into female designers of books and it kind of occurred to us, like, we don't really know who designs the book covers that we love and we should look into that. And so She Designs Books specifically focuses on promoting work by female book cover designers and networking and just helping them out in their careers. And they are just the perfect people to talk about this topic. So without further ado, here's our conversation with the founders of She Designs Books. Well, welcome Anne and Nicole to the podcast. We're so excited to chat with you about book design today. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Sure thing. Um, Kendra and I are both huge book cover junkies and we (laughs) willingly admit that we pick up a lot of books based on the cover. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but the designer of the book is of the book cover is not necessarily something that I know it's something that I definitely don't think about very often. So it's it's going to be cool to hear more about how that process works and who designs them. Great. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. our favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> We're obsessed too, but we make a point of knowing who does it. <laughs> so would you both like to introduce yourselves and uh, she designs books? Sure. Um, Anne, do you want to go? Okay. I'm Anne Toomey. I'm the creative director at Celadon Books, which is a new uh, division of uh, Macmillan. And we're publishing our first book in February called The Silent Patient. But I have a long career in book publishing. Uh, I'll give my age away, but I go back to the 80s. And uh, I worked at (laughs) Simon & Schuster and Warner and Macmillan and uh, then at Warner, Time Warner, uh, Hachette, Grand Central Publishing, and now back uh, at Macmillan with Celadon Books. Great. And uh, I'm Nicole Caputo, and I also have a, not since the 80s, but have been in um, book publishing for a bit now. I started my career at Basic Books, which was um, some fiction and nonfiction, then switched over to solely nonfiction. I was there for about 12 or 13 years. And I now um, am at Counterpoint Press and Catapult. And I've been there for a year and a half, I guess it's been. And She Designs Books just celebrated a year um, in January. And we're oh, really congratulations. Ex- thank you. Yeah. yeah. So this is timely. We were very excited when you reached out um, as part of our celebration of our past year. It was it's been really wonderful and rewarding. And we basically um, are an organization. We celebrate and promote 
women in book design, um, illustrators and designers. And um, we have social gatherings and provide resources uh, that we'll be doing more of that this year. And uh, yeah, we love what we're doing. We, we're really excited about it. That's awesome. So how did the idea first come about? Were you all just like sitting around one day after work talking about it? Or is it something you've been thinking about for kind a long time? Kind of, actually, or? but... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nicole, do you, you want to start with our relationship? Sure, yeah. So I was introduced to Anne. Basically, I had reached out to her about um, a job opportunity a, f- a few years back. Reached out to her, cold called her. I'd looked up to Anne over the years and all of the work that I had seen that she was doing. We started having lunch and... We continued to have lunch, and <laughs> we were talking about having lunches with other women. And because uh, we were receiving, even though we were at different points in our career, we were what turned out as me looking for support. We ended up really being a support to each other and started discussion, discussing some of the issues that we were experiencing and some of the celebrations in publishing. And we were talking about you know, lunching with others and we wanted, you know, a venue and a structure for that. Anne, would you like to share? Yeah, I'll continue. So what ironically happened is Nicole wound up working for Hachette. Uh, Hachette bought Perseus and suddenly we were colleagues. Um, For how long was that? A year, two years, two years? Uh, Anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we were colleagues and so we were in creative directed meetings together. Um, A couple of us had organized that to get some of our needs met in this corporation. One day, Nicole pulled me aside to say that she was leaving. And then I said, okay, we have to do this. And it's funny how I, maybe the day before, like literally, or in that moment, said she designs books. But Nicole was starting a new job at Catapult Counterpoint. And she, you know, she was a little busy. So we didn't really (laughs) get it launched until January. And then I was starting a new job. Yeah. So, but we, we had a vision for some things right off the bat. Once was the lunches and some other things that we still to realize, but Nicole had um, the vision to get it going on social media and specifically Instagram. I mean, we did Twitter and stuff, but Instagram, and even though I had an Instagram account, I wasn't as savvy as Nicole. And so the idea of actually is curating it and keeping it all, of course, within the mission of celebrating uh, women who design books. And we meant book covers and interiors and children's books. We really wanted that to really look how big that community is. And I have to say, when we first thought about this, I was starting to propose a list because I realized, oh, there's so many women, you know, and Nicole and I were sharing so many women. But it it's so much bigger than I thought. I, mm-hmm. I think I was blown away about how many women work in the publishing in book publishing industry on staff as freelancers, and they're very t- shockingly talented. <laughs> and so that all stayed in our mission. And there were more things, you know, Nicole, you can pick up here and add. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll just add. It's just sort of what Anne was saying. We we knew that there were a lot of designers out there, but when we started to post, which was on January 6th was last year, was our first celebration of a, a woman designer. It was Kim Glider. We were so surprised. I was so surprised by how 
quickly we began to get followers and engagement and there was just very obviously a need for this. It's been a joy watching it unfold. And I don't think, I think we do have a lot of followers that are designers and illustrators, but I think that we have a lot of followers there that have like, like you, um, like that have no, you know, don't even really think of the designers as much. And now maybe we're putting, putting designers names on, on the map. Um, we're hoping. Yeah, I know so. just before the new year, my daughter pointed out that we were going to break 4,000 probably before the year was done. And we did. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We've had several conversations with authors this past year about their covers, and that really got me thinking. And I'm a huge fan of of Counterpoint and Catapult and their, you know, your covers. And that's actually how I found you, Nicole, was I, you know, fell through the rabbit hole as you do on Bookstagram. And I was like, oh, this is amazing, women designers. I am sure a lot of the same issues pretty much anywhere for women are showing up in the design industry and publishing. That was another thing for Nicole and I, like we were launching this, We it was July, right? Or June that you told me you were leaving. And then that fall, last fall, 17, you know, everything exploded, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. um, and the Me Too movement. So we kind of hit something at just the right moment. Yeah, yeah. it really aligned perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, you mentioned you were celebrating your first designer about a year ago. Uh, so how do you decide how that works and how do you decide what goes on your Instagram and what does your process look like? Yeah, so I want to also, I want to say that, so it's it's mainly Anne and I that are posting and then we had the amazing, talented, incredibly enthusiastic Nic- Nicolette Seaback was, has been helping us for the past, uh, gosh, I don't even know how long it's been quite a few months. We brought her on and she's been a real gift to us. And so I just want to, I just want to thank her on this podcast. Um, she's been amazing at helping us. Yeah. So it's curated, it's curated really by the three of us. We have an email account and we ask people to send us, uh, designs that they're excited about and that they want featured. We usually walk around the gatherings telling people to send us their work. One of the things that's been really interesting about this and that was that I think was interesting to both Anne and I at the beginning of this journey was she designs books. We would ask women and some women were like, oh, no, no, you know, I'm not good enough. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's why we're here. You know, that's and I think that that's why there's such a need for this, because some women don't feel comfortable promoting themselves. And I'm sure that there are men out there, too, who don't feel comfortable. But that was really eye-opening to me. That's something, Nicole, too, we keep saying over and over, kind of in our missions, that we kind of assume that women, some women, many women aren't as comfortable promoting themselves. Yeah. We were hearing a lot when we got started of like, the men are so celebrated in cover design. And and then when we started to ask around, it was like a lot of people, a lot of people were afraid to show their work. So makes our mission here even more rewarding to be able to show them that their work is worthy and it's beautiful. And sometimes we give our feedback on why we love the design and then others engage on it. And so it's, it's really, I mean, part of our mission, I don't think we said this already is, is to really lift women up. It's to be, you know, we want all of our engagement to be positive and to be about supporting and lifting women up. And so anyway, back to your question. Yeah. So we, you know, we do our own research. We go to shops. We look around online. 
we talk to people at our gatherings and it's 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 really just an individual if i like a cover then i show it if ann likes a cover she shows it if nicolette finds something that she finds inspiring and as ann said we really try to um to celebrate all the genres of books and you were going to say something yeah you know one of the things that's really been enriching for me is in order to keep the content um, it's caused me to search deeper for talent. And uh, being around for so many years, I, I know a, a cast of characters and I can stay there and I'm discovering young people and di- digging deeper constantly in the stores and online and discovering and also getting more comfortable in speaking about why I think something works. It, I'm surprising myself that like I can distinguish these things that make a cover really be noted and appreciated, um, whether it's its typography, imagery, usually all of the above, um, speaking to the content of the book. So, and another thing that Nicole and I have seen, which is I think a credit to She Designs Books, we've noticed some lists at the end of the year of the best covers and overwhelmingly women were represented correct nicole yes yes. and then also some of the big competitions suddenly have more female judges um yes i don't know i'm not sure if we had anything to do with that but or just a general consciousness out there but um it's a good thing to see yeah, it was so amazing when the Type Directors Club had that all-woman um, book night. I don't know if it was the first one ever. I really don't know. But, my God, it was so uh, powerful um, to see all those women up there. That's really amazing. And you, you mentioned, like, going to bookstores and, like, browsing through the covers. And as we've mentioned, we frequently gush about covers on this podcast. But if someone wants – you're mentioning also, like, digging deeper into, like, finding more. Like, how – like, how can people find out who's designing the cover of their book? Um, I know it me- mentions it in, like, the flat, but are there other resources that they can use? Or, like, how do you go about that? What I typically do is when I see that name on a flap, I either take a picture of it on my iPhone, jot it down, and I Google. Yeah, yeah. Aside from the flap, they can also... If they see a book online, say, and and they can't get to a bookshop for whatever reason, they can reach out to us and ask us. They can reach out. I think Eric wouldn't mind me saying that they could reach out to Spine Magazine, which is an amazing resource for cover designers. We love providing that information. Oftentimes, we will see posts that celebrate Mm. book covers that do not have anything about the designer on them. And that's like a real pet peeve for us because Mm. you're going to celebrate our work. You've got to, you know, go deeper, do the research yourself and find out who designed it if you're going to include it in your in your work. And oftentimes, even with hashtags, and that's it's up to us too as designers, and I can be really bad about this. I'm great at promoting, I think, my work, which helps my company, I think, as well. But I'm horrible at hashtagging like my name and the author's name and the title. In the, mm. Because if somebody wants to find um, book covers of a certain title, they can just hashtag the title and they're going to, they, they will probably come up with quite a lot. So as designers, we should be doing that. We should be had, hashtagging our names, um, so that we're more, you know, findable, searchable. You know, we pull covers a lot for different things. And when you go online, like you mentioned that the cover, 
they don't have the listed in the credits uh, on a post, whether it be on like, you know, IndieBound or Amazon or wherever you're shopping online. Is there a push to have online online retailers start including the designer's name? I don't think that's necessary, but I think if you're, as Nicole said, if you're blogging or gramming or, you know, putting Twitter and you're specifically speaking about the design, well, then you have to list the designer and, and sometimes the art director, illustrator, whoever, because it, sometimes it's a collaboration. Often it's a collaboration. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it is a great way to help designers. Um, you know, if someone's a bookstagram account, for instance, and they, most of their caption is about the book itself, but then they're like, and this cover is amazing. It's great if they can mention the designer, even, in, even, in, even if just, if it's just one line about the design, it really helps designers um, to get clients. It helps them within their companies to see yeah. for their publishers, to see that the work is being recognized in exactly. a positive way. It just, it really does a lot for us. That's something, Nicole, that, you know, you're just touching on. One of the things about what we wanted to gather about, sometimes we struggle uh, in-house with uh, our work being appreciated or respected for its contribution. Or sometimes I think it's, it's so important that everyone else has to be involved. But, you know, so that's you know, something, some kind of dance we're all doing and trying to figure out. But if you respect us online, it helps. Yeah. It helps us navigate that. Definitely. And that, that makes a lot of sense um, as far as like awareness and getting names out there and just name recognition as well. Um, bringing that forward. You've uh, you just you mentioned a minute ago about the gatherings that you have. Could you talk a little bit more about those? Like what happens there and where they're held, and if people are interested in going, how they can go? Or sure, we actually have one coming up this Wednesday, on the twenty third, and um, our gatherings have almost entirely been at Pondicherry, New York City. Um, Sixth Avenue, Broadway. No, no, it's between Broadway and Fifth. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> I should know that. I work around the corner. And uh, they are social networking events. Um, we've had six of them this past year, and we had a really small one at the start to celebrate our launch at Anne's apartment, which was beautiful and really intimate. I encourage this, this one that we're having actually on Wednesday is open to all. Usually it's just women who come, um, but this one is open to everyone to celebrate our anniversary because we do have a lot of male support out there. Yeah, we have name tags usually to, you know, help the conversation start. We usually have totes available for sale. We do book swaps. Um, so we have people bring books. They can bring any book they want, but oftentimes people bring books that they design so it, you can showcase your work. And I find that it sparks a lot of conversations about production value and what, what effects we're using. And yeah, you know, yeah exactly. It. You know, it's really, it's a good conversation starter for designers. One of the, my favorite things about our gatherings is that we, we sometimes will get people who are not in books yet who want to be in books. Um, maybe they're making a total career switch and they show up. We had one girl travel in from out of state for it. Really young people who are maybe interning or still in school. Um, and then we get to connect them with um, people who are art directors or creative directors or designers um, so that they can we can answer their questions. 
And I might add that the turnout has been re- surprisingly remarkable. We've, you know, classically 100 people, women. Um, and as one art director said early on, there's just lack of hierarchy. I mean, you could have a really seasoned creative director and an intern and you can just talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's part of the mission really. One of, one of the things that we were hearing that I've experienced myself, I had experienced myself as a young designer when I first came into the industry, I'd go to all of the design talks but I would be so nervous. There'd be no intro to go up to someone who I looked up to, to ask them a question or let them know I loved their work. Or, you know, oftentimes they were really busy and they were flocked by people. And so our events, it's, it's really, it's just, there's no one just hanging out over in the corner by the cheese sticks, like looking (laughs) for somebody to talk to, you know, awkwardly, like we're all kind of shoulder to shoulder. And, um, I really try to make a point to go around if I, if there's a face that I haven't seen and ask them, you know, welcome them and ask them, ask them their story, you know, and then kind of hook them up with somebody. Like there was a young girl who came and she had a background. She was an English major and she was really insecure about that and was afraid that she would never be able to get a job because of her background, but she was clearly pretty talented. She was telling me about some of her work. And, and so I was able to link her up with, I think it was Catherine Casolino that was there that night. And I knew that I knew her background and that it was similar. Um, I think, I think Catherine was an English major and, um, mm, they yeah, had a great, was. yeah. And they had a really great talk and, you know, so it's, it's really, I mean, it's amazing. That's my favorite part about it. And this coming year, we're still going to be doing gatherings, but we're hoping to provide more resources to women this year. Cause these have been, I mean, obviously there are resources just by showing up, we can kind of, kind of connect you to people and get you talking to people and, but really more specifically resources and dealing with some of the issues, uh, in publishing that we all deal with, how to navigate some more intimate gatherings, um, and some other things that we're not going to talk about just yet, but we've got a few <laughs> things brewing. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, part of, again, the, the, the mission was to find a forum, I guess, for women to, talk to each other about some of the things that they're dealing with at work. And we, we deal with the, a lot of the same problems I've noticed. And again, we don't, some of us have answers or have tried things that have worked and have lifted them up or gotten things approved more easily. And so we can share those things and some things we don't know the answer to, and we hope to find together. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, I love what you said just now, Anne, about, you know, we often have the same problems and sometimes I'll have a challenge in the office environment and I'll think it's only me, you know, and then you, you speak to, I'll speak to Anne or I'll speak to one of the other art directors or even the young designers. And we all, we, it's, it's all very similar. There's pretty much nothing new under the sun. (laughs) So it just kind of helps you take the fire out of it when you know that other people are dealing with it as well. And as Anne said, that we could navigate it together. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like you've created, I mean, such a great support system. And I think, you know, networking, especially for people coming into the industry is just so difficult to be able to know where to start and who to talk to because often that's how you get the work that you need to get to support yourself mm-hmm. it sounds like just a great environment uh, but for our listeners who aren't designers um, I want to talk to you a little bit about 
the design process and then how they could support women designers from where they're at by uh, some of the things we are talked about, but give them a little bit of a um, call to action. Yeah. And, and would you like to start talking about the design process? Well, usually um, my process starts as a designer by reading the book because uh, I think I have to listen to a lot of voices often in the process, but the original voice is the author. Now, mind you, I'm not ignorant of the market itself and uh, various things that are preferred um, in a book cover design. So for that, I prefer to get that in a brief early on. And uh, I've designed briefs myself that help me get that information from editor, publisher, marketing person, um, you know, around the same time that I'm starting to read the book. And that's usually, you know, some what I call leading images, not necessarily the cover. And a thing I call, how should I call it? Uh, what might be on this person's uh, side table that what else they might be reading. Not necessarily that's a comp title, but it, that's kind of a loose way of saying what the audience is. After that, the process is me usually uh, jotting down notes, doing little scribbles. The better the writing, the more ideas. Some writers just plant tons of visual metaphors in there. They make your job mm-hmm. really easy. Um, that's why I'm so excited about you, Nicole, doing so much more fiction. Having and, a blast. Uh, <laughs> and after the, the thing where it gets tricky, the whole second process, and, you know, I can I can – stop and say, oh, I have this ah uh-uh moment and this is it. And then just try to convince my colleagues like, and, and, and they might agree. And other times I just keep going. I need them to rein me in because I can just, you know, do so many covers. So now in this job I am now, uh, since my group is kind of small and familiar, I've worked with these people, but most of these people before I'll, I'll let them in my process a lot more than, you know, cause we've been working together for years. So that's kind of how my process goes. And I know that a lot of designers that work that way, you know, scribbles and notes to yourself and then getting on the computer and working some things out. And then something happens. (laughs) Something usually happens in the middle of the process that's unpredictable. But the approval process, we can talk about next. That's uh, another process. Mm. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my... um my design process is similar. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I definitely, I like to read the books, especially if it's fiction. I feel like I need to read the whole thing. Um, and I need to read carefully, which can be tricky when you're on really, really tight deadlines, (laughs) but I feel like it's so important because like Anne said, there are visual metaphors in there and there's a kind of magic that happens when you start designing that just cannot happen when you're sitting in a room talking to people about the book. Like none of my ideas have come from cover launch, you know, launch meetings when someone's launching a title. I do get a sense of what everyone wants. Like at, at Catapult, we have launch meetings. So we'll, we actually have, um, we have uh, hour long launch meeting, almost hour long launch meetings for each book, which is amazing because the Catapult list is, is a, it's kind of small at this point. So it's manageable. And um, so marketing will weigh in. Everybody weighs in. Um, They'll maybe, the cover discussion is actually quite small, but I find that I I get a lot of information from those meetings. 
but I never know what I'm going to design for the cover. I mean, it's really rare that I know. It's oftentimes during the process, like Anne said, that this like kind of intuitive sort of magic happens. Cover briefs are best when they are not too detailed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because they can really stifle the vision. I just had a situation like that where the cover memo was amazing. There were some really some great art, beautiful pieces. The the author had a, had great taste. Um, but I found myself, I stunted myself a bit looking at this memo. Um, and I, and I scrapped some of my original ideas that were only, I only brought back to the table once, like the first sketch that everybody liked in house was turned down. And I learned another, I learned that lesson again, like that I need to kind of guide that cover memo process and make sure that, editors know that they don't, they don't need to get so specific and that's up to us. You know, that's, that's really is up to us to guide, to guide the other teams that are providing those memos. As Anne said, she has like some leading points, um, which is a good idea. I should actually do that. Maybe I'll come up with a cover memo format. You're, you're calling it a memo. I'm calling it a brief, but you know, it really yeah. doesn't matter. Same, um, yeah. the same thing. And yeah, that's another thing we could be comparing notes on about yeah. what our briefs look like, because I, I've refashioned briefs like maybe three or four times in my career and, and almost didn't have them for a, the longest time. So yeah. they're very necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the business changes. And so, you know, the brief might need to change a little bit as well, especially with social media being so important now and the thumbnail image being important and legibility, right. et cetera. So. I'm sure it varies depending on the book, but on average, how many different covers do you think you all go through before you pick the final one for a book? I would say there isn't really, for me, there's not really been an average. It's been anywhere from two to a hundred. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. There's definitely yeah. been a hundred. That's, you know, obviously someplace you don't want to go. There's usually, I used to tell people when there's, a hundred covers. There's definitely a problem. There's um, a marketing problem. There's some personality problems. Yeah. You know, there, it's not usually not necessary. Sometimes it's even like the title isn't right. You know, exactly. like, or the subtitle isn't doing enough of the heavy lifting, and we're expecting the cover to kind of save the day here. Exactly. And it's just there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to save the day with just the cover. And you know, in some cases, but. My it's just not is, marketing, like you're the marketing positioned. It's just nobody knows what it is. And the cover's supposed to tell you what it is. When the title, you know, it's it's just a confusing book usually. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, I've had some, like my live blog cover was in the first round that I sent to Tyrant Books. And it was like one of six different designs and it was the fastest approved cover ever. It was approved like within an hour. It was amazing. And then I had one last year where I literally, when I, I went through and counted the files, cause I was like, wow, this has really been going on for a while. And I had, I'm not kidding with you. I had 300 files. It was insane. So, you know, it really depends. Most of them are not 300 files though. Most of them are are much, much less, um, in my experience, um, thus far, those are kind of like the nightmare jobs, like Anne said, where there's, there might be some other problem. In this case, I think, I think the direction we went in was just wrong from the start. I think it needed to be a more commercial cover and we were trying to make it look like something that it wasn't. So, which we'll fix in paperback. So, <laughs> and sometimes I have found in my, some of my best uh, covers was that I 
was so taken by the project and the title and I'm working with, you know, clear headed people and I'm just challenging myself again and again, you know, I'm, I, I know I have the time and I've just, it's been a pet project. And so therefore I've just done it. I'm just trying to outdo myself. And so maybe I do a lot in that process, but it's usually fun. So now that our listeners have an idea of what the design process looks looks like, um, you've mentioned a few ways that readers can help give di- designers more recognition. But do you have any other things that you would suggest that readers do to help support uh, women designers? Um, yeah, I mean, they can also, you know, we, we kind of, yeah, we talked about mentioning designers' names on social media, et cetera, um, in posts and articles and blog posts. Also great, you know, if you are really loving a designer's work, you could always reach out to the publisher and let them know. You know, you could always reach out to the individual teams and let them know that you love what they're doing in the cover department. Reach out to us individually and let us know. It's always nice to get a note saying that, you know, somebody is is moved by, by a cover or um, an illustration or whatever. And did you have any other thoughts on that? No, I'm just... That we often have uh, authors who are really appreciative, and it's really nice when they, uh, and they often do, uh, mention, you know, on their social media, whatever, on their cover. I just love that, and they often do. Keep it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's that's really, yeah, those are some really great tips. And after hearing you all talk, that's something that we're definitely going to do more of moving forward. If someone is also interested in, like, the actual, like, design part of books and, like, I mean, you've mentioned typography or, you know, anything like that, are there resources for women who are looking to become book designers or just people who are inter- more interested in the design process in general? She um, designs books. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and, and I would say that, you know, the schools are teaching, you know, within programs and outside of programs and in, 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 uh, continuing ed, uh, basic graphic design. I think uh, a lot of um, art and design skills come into play, photography, typography. Um, typography, I like to think, is kind of the glue because you get a lot of people who are fine arts majors and then, or art history majors or photographers or illustrators. And then when they learn illust- uh, typography, it kind of um, that's the thing that can make them a designer. Yeah. And there's so much access today to individual designers because of social media. When I was younger in design, like I said, I had these people who I really looked up to, but I was so afraid to take their time. You know, I I was so afraid to cold call them, you know, to call Random House, the general line and try to find this person's phone number, you know, who who I, um, you know, whose work I've been obsessing over um, today, there's just, you know, if they're on Instagram, you could send them a message. So, you know, I encourage that. I really love when people reach out. I love doing informational interviews um, and uh, having somebody come in with their work, even if they don't have books. Like I had somebody recently come in um, who is, you know, on a visa in the country um, for a bit, and she she really wants to get into books, and so she came into my office and showed me her work, and I was able to like kind of guide her and give her some tips on what she could start putting in her portfolio. One of the things I'll add, I mean, I'll never forget this interview. I interviewed a designer, 
uh, when I was at basic and she had no experience in books, but her portfolio was full of these beautiful mock-ups. She went ahead, bought some books, read them, designed covers, wrapped the books with them. And I was so impressed, you know, by her just showed a level of like passion and devotion to, you know, this field. And I hired her. (laughs) She was great. And, you know, and, and she learned a lot on the job. So those are a few extra little things that they could do if they want to get into books. On the flip side, early in my career in the 80s, uh, someone uh, got me an informational meeting with Louise Feely. At the time, she was at Random House Knopf, and her office was covered with all this labeling from Italy. I mean, and then after that, she, at a any kind of event, she would always speak to me, remember my name you know, mm. for decades. So, yeah. you know, she always made me feel so special. So it's an informational meeting is, is always a wonderful and can be an often rewarding experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about at the end of the time that we have with you all, but we typically like to ask what are some of your favorite books, but today we thought we might ask you uh, who are some of your favorite women designers or maybe some of your favorite covers from the last few years? Oh, that's great. I'm going gaga over Na Kim's work. I really love her new cover for um, Evening, Evening in Paradise by Lucia Berlin. And some of the other work she's doing, I mean, she just shows such a range, like from minimal to, you know, her cover for Muck, which was really involved. And Jay Maselli is amazing and really in the flow. And I'll leave some room for Anne to, to share some yeah, of I as would, well. I was going to say Jay Maselli, she's, um, but also Allison Porner, um, yes. who happens to be a colleague of hers. I'll, you know, kind of let you Google them at the moment because there's so many. You know, the one, the Italian teacher of um, uh, mm-hmm. Jaius really stands yeah. out. But, yeah, and it's interesting because Jaya and Allison, I don't remember, they're um, technically art directors. And so that's just something to note that some designers are designers and that's in itself an amazing thing. And then others are additionally art directors, which is another level of management. But I think people who can art direct and still maintain their own design practice and bring design to their own list, it's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah. And Allison's feedback, I think it was a lit hub post, um, one of the, you know, best of the year, Her descriptions of the titles she chose were so good. She's so smart, really, really clever, and just a really smart designer. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Lucia Berlin, because Autumn is all over those covers. Oh, yes. (laughs) I I have one right in front of me right now. Oh, man. I saw that at the printer. (laughs) I happen to be a choral graphics, and I printing something else. Oh, they're they're amazing. Um, well, we will definitely link to all those women in our show notes so that way our listeners can find out more about their work and see some of these amazing covers. Um, but we just want to thank you all so much for coming onto the podcast and talking about us. I know that I feel inspired to be more aware of who's designing the book covers of the books that I'm reading. So thank you all for sharing your wonderful knowledge with us about it. Our pleasure. Thank you all so right. much. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
was such a delight to talk to Anne and Nicole about female book designers. They were just so much fun. I'm sure we did, could have talked to them for at least another hour. Well, you know, we didn't even talk about really end papers or foil and textured covers. No, we didn't. Uh, I feel like there was so much more, but uh, this is a great start. So it was really great to talk to Nicole and Anne about the cover design process and just raising awareness for who is designing these amazing covers. Yeah, and I feel like we don't think enough about who is designing our book covers, let alone, you know, supporting women designers. And I feel like that's such an important part of the publishing industry and supporting the publishing industry and specifically supporting women uh, in the bookish world because it's such uh, that's the first thing you see as a reader is that cover. And so now I keep thinking about, oh, what are ways that I can share my favorite covers and the women designers behind them? And it's really gotten me thinking. Same. And I definitely want to make sure that when I'm working on social posts and things like that, or when we're talking about great book covers, that we be sure that we're sure to highlight the women who are designing those covers. Uh, we'd like to thank Anna Nicole for coming on the show and talking to us about book design. You can find them on Instagram at She Designs Books. And as always, uh, everything we've talked about today will be linked in our show notes. We'd also like to say a special thank you to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. You can find Reading Women at readingwomenpodcast.com, where you can find the show notes that Kendra was talking about. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. You can find Kendra at KD Winchester and me at Autumn Privet. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.